0: Hi everyone and welcome to the second episode of Bold, a bouldering podcast. Now in today's episode, we'll be tackling an often forgotten and sometimes suddenly needed topic: skincare. You might think it's hard to fill 20 minutes with interesting information on skincare. But this seemingly small subject can influence your bouldering more than you might imagine. Let's start with a short summary. First, I'll tackle the following question. Why should you invest in skincare? After that, I'll discuss the end goal of skincare, friction above all. I'll also address the ingredients of a basic skincare kit and what extra tools you need to turn that into a professional one. Later on, we'll also cover how to deal with flappers, split fingertips, and other skin injuries, as well as how to condition your skin to be perfect for bouldering. To finish off, I'll talk on some smaller subjects, such as antihydral and other drying agents, and additional tips for skin well-being. Now, I hope you're comfortable, so let's get on with it. Why should you invest in skincare? It seems like a tedious routine that takes a lot of effort and you're probably a little proud of your stone-dry hands and gruesome tales of former flappers. But let me assure you, in this case, the grass is greener on the other side. you can simplify skincare quite a bit. There's only two things you really need to know When you're not bouldering, keep your skin smooth and make sure it doesn't dry out. Some of the positives that you get from following these simple rules are increased friction, faster skin healing, less downtime caused by tender tips and other injuries, more pain resistance on sharp holds, and many more. Now the negative effects of not doing any skincare are the following. Frequent flappers, red and sore fingertips, dead skin all over your fingers, huge dry calluses that could split any time, and more. This is a reality for a lot of boulderers out there. These pros and cons help me stay motivated to keep investing in skincare. But most of all, taking care of my skin allows me to boulder more frequently without having to worry about hurting or tearing my skin. And for me, That's what matters the most. Now in skincare, we can look at injuries in two ways. Should we address the problem in a way that allows us to still climb that session? Or do we want to invest in healing the injury as fast as possible? And as such, prioritizing rest and focusing on a more long-term goal instead of short-term pain relief. In my opinion, it depends on the situation. If you're bouldering in font and on the last day of climbing you tear your skin in the morning, a huge sore open patch, I'd suggest trying to focus on pain relief first as to allow you to climb that last day. In this case, prioritising rest isn't that important. Furthermore, care helps prevent injury to inner structures of your fingers. A lot of pulley injuries, for example, occur by suddenly slipping or dry-firing of the hold, thereby instantly loading the pulleys with a lot of stress. Improved friction on rock helps prevent these scenarios. The end goal of skincare. Friction above all. Once you're beyond healing the wounds on your hands, skincare turns into something else. It's no longer a tool to heal faster, but a way to condition your skin into its grippiest form yet. We want to strive for skin that's smooth, thick, leathery, pliable and calloused. Why is this the case? Well, let's delve into friction for a bit. The way rock creates grip on your fingertips doesn't differ that much from how your shoes grip it. The microtexture of the rock, consisting of minuscule irregularities and crystals, creates small indents in the rubber. Now, this contact between the hard sharp rock and soft rubbery shoe creates grip. Now The rubber shouldn't be too hard, or you'll slip right off and also not too soft, or you'll tear through it. The same applies to your hands. We want skin resembling the rubber on your climbing shoes so as when you grip the rock, the crystals will create indents in your skin without slipping or tearing. So even though it takes commitment and effort, in my eyes, the pros heavily outweigh the cons, and I enjoy my daily skincare routine as a moment of reflection on my current climbing performance. What's inside a basic skincare kit? A basic kit shouldn't cost you more than 20 euros, pounds or dollars, and can last quite a long time, depending on how rigorous you're with it. It consists of four basic tools. First of all, you'll need something to smooth down the edges. In our basic kit, this'll just be a simple emery board, what your mum uses to file down her nails. We'll also need some simple tape. This should already be in your collection of climbing gear, really. We'll use this to cover injuries, protect from dirt and relieve pain while climbing. Now, nailed clippers are also an essential part of the basic kit to keep your nails short and snip off pieces of dead skin. The last addition is some kind of moisturizer. In the basic kit, any kind will do from Vaseline to Nivea. I hope that most of these things are readily available around your house or not too expensive to go and get, because this is really all you need to keep your skin healthy and ready for some bouldering. How to turn this kit into a professional one? An emery board will surely do the trick, but I find myself breaking them every now and then. They're also quite broad and sometimes can't seem to reach into those smaller ridges. Also, once you've used it a couple of times, the emery board is as good as it's done, and you'll have to get a new one. I've used a glass file in the past, in my experience they're a bit more precise, and you can use them a lot longer, just make sure you don't drop them. Also, if you've used them for some time, you also have to replace them. My two favourite ways to get rid of dead skin are the electric nail file and the industrial sandpaper. One's better for indoor use, the other for outdoor or climbing trips. The electric nail file should come with multiple swappable heads, some better for more detailed stuff, and others a bit rougher for tougher jobs. The high speed at which the file turns surely helps in accurately removing edges and dead skin. The only downside is the fact that you do need a plug to use it, so maybe not the best option for outdoor use. Also, small side note, don't hold it down for too long on your skin, or you'll experience a hellish burning pain. Small taps in the opposite direction of the skin's grain seem to work best for me. If you're going on a bouldering trip and you don't have a plug available, or you just like to do it old school, I suggest going down to your local DIY store, grab a couple of pieces of wood, about the size of two thumbs, and select some sanding paper of different roughness. Glue those two together. You've now got some personalized bouldering files The rougher ones to start your skin care sessions with, and the softer ones for finishing off. Using industrial sandpaper is quite cheap. You can reuse the wood, and once the sandpaper is done for, just rip it off and glue another one on there. So for an expert skin care kit, first step is to upgrade from an emery board, to an electric nail file, or some wooden blocks with sanding paper glued to them. Another area in which you can upgrade is in which moisturizer you use. In a basic kit, any type will do, but if you've got the cash, an upgrade to a climbing-specific moisturizer might be worth it. I've had great experiences with Climon, on but brands such as Rhino Skin and Climb Skin have a good reputation as well. I personally like the fact that Climon on doesn't only moisturize my skin, but also seems to help with the leathery aspect that I want. And next to the specific climbing brands, there are a few other options that in my experience work better than just your average moisturiser. These are Palmer's Cocoa Butter, which smells like heaven on earth and does wonders for your skin, and Pure Animal Fat, which you can get very cheaply since it's a waste product. Now, that's everything worth upgrading in the basic kit, but for a professional one, you'll need some additional tools. First of all, some small scissors. Now, nail knippers are really handy on nails, and they do a fine job at snipping away flappers. But now and then, you'll want to get really close to the skin. And for that, some small scissors will do a better job, especially when you're using your non-dominant hand. A sharp knife or box cutter can also come in handy. In extreme cases, you'll actually build up huge calluses that present a risk of tearing open. Piling them down might take a lot of time and also hurt a lot. In that case, there are some methods you can use to simply cut away the top layer. Now, I'll get into that later. Some antibacterial salve or spray is a luxury worth paying for in this professional kit. We want to keep our wounds clean as to have them heal as fast as possible. Well, You probably have this laying around somewhere already. And last but not least, super glue. Again... Only in extreme cases will you need this, and later on I'll describe exactly how to use it. So with tape, nail clippers, an electric nail file, some climbing specific moisturizer, small scissors, a box cutter, antibacterial salve, and super glue, our professional skincare kit is complete. Now let's get into how to use all these tools and how to deal with skin injuries. How to use Your Skincare Kit. Now for this segment, I'll try and keep it to the point as to not create too much confusion. I'll cover the uses of the Skincare Kit by explaining how to deal with common skin injuries. We'll start off with a classic. If you've ever climbed only just once, you'll know what I'm talking about. Fabulous flappers. Strolling along, gripping hold after hold, and finally you reach that top hold. A boost of endorphins hit your brain, and when you land back down, you notice a slight burn. Oh no, it's flapper time again. We all dread the moment, but eventually, it always happens. Now, if the flapper occurs at the start of your climbing session, and you're set on continuing, follow these instructions. Step 1 is to lightly clean the area by running some water over it. Once done, let it dry, but most importantly, for now... Keep the piece of dead skin on your finger. Next step, close the wound with that piece of dead skin and lightly tape it shut. Whenever you're using tape, think about the forces that will influence it later on and counteract this in advance with your taping pattern. I personally like to have a base layer of tape, then add a small patch only on top of the wounded side and then encircle one more time. This way, you provide a little cushion and you can thicken this as much as you want with multiple patches. Now make sure your tape ends on top of your finger. Now if your flapper occurs later on in the session, you decide that it's worth it to just focus on healing as fast as possible, or you've done the short-term solution and want to transition, the next set of instructions is for you. First things first, get your nail clippers or small scissor and cut off that piece of dead skin. Get as close to the base of the skin as you can, but make sure you don't touch the irritated red area. After that, make sure you thoroughly clean the area with water and soap. Dry gently and apply some antibacterial spray to top it all off. Now that the area is sterile, we want to dry it out a bit. The reason why is to make the edges of the flapper dry out and as such less painful to file off. Now once you think the edges are sufficiently dry, take your electric nail file or emery board and softly start filing down the edges. And softly, really do it softly. If you don't do this, the skin won't heal perfectly against the irritated red area and form some sort of bubble that could become a blister or big risk for a follow-up flapper. This occurs because without filing down, the skin grows a bit upward. Now, that's all of the surgical procedures we need to do. Next step is keeping the wound clean and open during the day. Don't shy away from using your hand too much. We want to keep stretching out the affected area as to make it as less painful as possible, as fast as possible. At night, we do the opposite and take really good care of that spot. Gently file it down one more time in the evening and apply a thick layer of moisturizer on top. Piece of tape on top, it shows that you don't wipe it on your sheets. Uh, for the following days try to rest the area and if you do decide to climb, use a very small portion of moisturiser first, then a patch of reverse tape and circle that with tape, add another patch of cushion on the wound and do a final loop around that ends on top. Uh, if you follow these steps your flapper should be gone in a matter of days. You'll notice that for the following injuries, a lot of the procedures stay the same, so let's move on to split fingertips. If you want to keep climbing with a split fingertip, and you have the professional skincare kit with you, then you're in luck, as this is probably the only occasion in which you'll use the superglue. First off, you'll want to clean the split with a bit of water, and then gently apply the superglue. I like to add a bit more than I need. Then push the split fingertip together and hold for a while. I like to spread out the excess superglue on top and finish with some narrow strips of tape. Actually, whenever I have to tape the tips of my fingers, I prefer using narrower strips of tape, about 4mm across. Once you're done with your session and ready to commit to resting your fingertip, your first order of business will be to remove the superglue. I have but one advice here. Rip it off in one go. After that, take out your trusty emery board or electric nail file and go to town. Now don't go inside the split of course, just gently file down the area to stimulate regrowth of the skin. Now in comparison to a flapper, I like to keep a split taped shut at all times, but only with a very narrow strip that only keeps the split together and allows for a lot of breathability. Now at night, you can repeat the same process as before, file the area down gently to simulate skin regrowth, generously apply moisturizer, and tape it shut. For other skin injuries, the same rules apply. Clean the area, file down the dead edges, in case of cuts or splits, keep it shut all the time, and when dealing with open wounds, keep them open during the day, and close with moisturizer at night. Now let's move on to another use for our skincare kit. And in my eyes, it's main use. Long-term skin management and conditioning. How do you perfect your skin in a way that allows you to keep bouldering without having to worry about flappers or splits? Well, it's actually very simple and only requires one thing. Commitment. Oh, and the skincare kit, of course. You'll also have to set some time aside after every training session and before you go to sleep. And when you're done with training, wash your hands as fast as possible as to make sure they don't dry out too much. And when you're home or have time, take out your trusty emery board or electric nail file, and this time you'll want to cover every surface of your fingers that touches the wall or the rock, from the calluses on your palm to your fingertips. The goal is to take off as much dead skin as possible. And in that way, we promote faster skin regrowth. Before you go to sleep and after you've filed down your fingers, make sure to add some moisturizer. If you do this simple routine after every session you have, I can assure you that flappers and splits will be a problem of the past. And slowly but surely, you'll start building trust in your skin like you never have before let's move on to the topic of anti and other drying agents. And When your hands are extra sweaty, it might help to use anti It basically blocks up the pores on your fingertips and stops you from secreting sweat from them. Now, this, of course, isn't too healthy for your skin. If you do want to go this route, use it very sparingly and in minimal amounts. When I go on a climbing trip in the summer, I like to minimally apply it three or four times over the course of a month. Overuse of these types of drying agents result in a thick layer of dead skin on your tips that could split any time and takes ages to heal. Believe me, it's not a situation you want to encounter. So on the topic of antihydral, use it sparingly. Now, to end the episode, I'll provide you with a few extra tips on skin well-being. The first one comes down to a very simple rule. uh, Don't keep your hands wet for too long. This will dry out your skin and cause more injuries. Try to wear gloves when washing the dishes, for example, and maybe don't shower or bathe that long. The environment and your water bill will like that too. Uh, Furthermore, don't forget to drink water. Drinking enough water not only makes sure that your skin is healthy, but supports optimal muscle functioning and repair. And that's it for today's episode. Now I want to take some time to thank everyone for listening. I'm simply amazed by the amount of listeners and the diversity of nationalities and cultures. From South Africa to Singapore and the Netherlands to New Zealand. I hope you'll tune in next time for our first episode in the series How to Optimize Rest.